Time on Lester the Nightfly. This is PJ Ewing. I'm here with Rick Vessio. What's up? Right, yeah. And we're going to do a show. And we've known each other for a very long time. We were fraternity brothers at the University of Michigan. But, right, go but blue, you're, you're, everyone. You are you're my president. You are the president. Was, you're a very senior, important guy. And uh, here we are, years and years and years later, reconnecting because of Lester the Nightfly and our, our love of music. Isn't that about right, would you say? Yeah, well, we have many, many conversations back in the fraternity house back in the 80s about music. And your love for music goes back from the very first time I met you when you were a pledge. So yeah. it's it's been forever. Would you say you came to Michigan kind of formed in terms of the kinds of music that you liked or did you did it evolve a lot while you were there oh no i was so sheltered before i went to michigan i mean the college radio station in ann arbor and the college radio station i think in ypsilanti east lansing or and uh, also in east lansing i think uh those really introduced me to a lot of genres of music and then you know meeting other people in the dorms and meeting people in the fraternity and other people uh, at the clubs on campus introduced me to whole genres of music that I knew nothing about. My high school years was all about rock. It was just rock and then disco, because you gotta remember, disco was huge, you know, in the 70s. And so, no, I was really ignorant. And a lot of the tracks that you know that we're going to talk about tonight, I never heard before at all before I arrived in Ann Arbor at the University of Michigan. When we first spoke about this, my attitude was, what songs would I want to find on an old mixtape from like 1983? 
and put in my, you know, put in my car, <laughs> in a cassette player in my car back at that time, and drive for an hour listening to what songs would I really want in that mixtape that would be high energy, you know, songs that really, really had that sense of the youthful rage and energy of the 80s, but that were, you know, danceable, you can listen to them. And so that's where this came from. Mm. I'll, I'll ride shotgun. Our audience will be in the back seat. We've got a good uh, stereo system that we installed in our little Pinto or something later. Nice. Aftermarket work. <laughs> nice. And we're on this trip with you. I love that. I love that image. And I was just thinking if I were in that car and that cassette tape popped in, it's really about the memories and the images and the the things that flood back when you hear a, a, a collection, a cassette tape of this kind of music. Anybody who grew up in the 80s or anybody who listened to this type of music, uh, any of these songs, they're going to remember where when they first heard it or why that song was important to them because each one of these songs was really, really uh, played in the clubs. And the, and the, and the parties on in campus and in, and the clubs in towns and and on the radios and on the pirate radio stations and they just they really really capture i think a feeling of angst and rage and youthful energy from that era all right well let's let's get to your list it, it's a it's a wonderful collection i'm hoping we we'll get through all of it if we don't this might turn into two shows everyone so don't be too surprised if there's a part 1 and a part 2 but it's going to be a fun journey all the way through here on this radio show, Lester the Nightfly, wherever you're listening live or if you're listening to it after the fact, it's uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to go, Rick, first with The Hungry Wolf by the band X. It's 1982. This song was L.A. punk culture. And X put their album out under the Big Black Sun in 1982. And this song immediately jumped into the mainstream. But the band goes back to 77 and the L.A. punk culture is really interesting. Anybody who's interested or knows about punk culture. And that was this is punk. This is not post-punk. This is punk. This song, the energy that this song has from the very first five seconds maintains itself uh, throughout the entire song. You can't help but be motivated. Truth be told, this is a song that I would put on every time. I would go into a sales call in my first corporate job. Mental attitude going in there hard. All right, well, let's just get right to it. The Hungry Wolf by X. It's 1982. The record is called Under the Big Black Sun.
So that was The Hungry Wolf. We're moving on, though. We're going to go back a few years to 1979. This is U2. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of them um, once I heard them. You know, I want to talk specifically about this song. Um, we're going to put the live version uh, on your on your vlog, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, sure. The video. Sure. And I yeah. recommend anybody listening to go and watch a video of, of this song from a performance in Belfast in 1980. And just to give the historical context, U2 is from Dublin. And this was, a, this was a period of time when there was a hunger strike going on and there was a lot of conflict between you know, Northern Ireland and Ireland. And for a Dublin band like U2 to go to Belfast and perform <laughs> was unheard of unheard of and extremely brave and so i recommend anybody go and and watch the live version it's very raw it's not perfect but you really get a sense of what it was like in the punk era this was a young group that wasn't even mm. really fully formed and this is what they were doing the first time that i heard this song um was at uh, u club uh, at the university of michigan and the u club in michigan U used to have a, a dance there and they had punk night and i I could not sit in my chair. I got up and just started dancing and, and, and thrashing with everybody else on the dance floor. And it was just so amazing. I think back to my 18, 19 year old self. And I think about coming from a very small town and being really sheltered and then coming to a campus like University of Michigan and being exposed to all of this social upheaval and different viewpoints and differing attitudes and learning about conflicts in parts of the world I knew nothing about and learning about things that I really had not, you know, known. And I consider myself very, you know, very well, you know, very well informed, you know, as best as I could be coming from the background I came from. But when I hear the energy in this post-punk era and the punk era, so this is really punk, um, this song, the, the era that it's coming into, it, it has an angst and a rage that seeds through the whole song. Mm -hmm. And so when you listen to Out of Control and then Electrico, which is also on Boy, there's a rage and a, an angst in those songs that really resonated with the sense of listlessness at this time mm -hmm. in the world. And uh, then, you, then you overlay all of that with the Irish ethos and the, the, the conflict in Ireland at the time and you know the 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 incredible uh, years of war and and, and 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 civil unrest that was going on when this band was formed and when they were launching their career, and that is interweaved in all their music. And I think even to this day, it still is in U2's music, but clearly in their earliest albums, it is front and center. And I think that that angst of having grown up in an Ireland that was being torn apart and been at war with each other for many, many years. It just permeates all of their songs and their lyrics and their vocals. And that spoke to myself as, you know, a 19 year old, 18 year old kid at the time. Let's listen to Out of Control U2 1979 from the record Boy. This is Lester the Nightfly.
Lester the Nightfly is made in conjunction with WPVM-FM 103.7 in Asheville, North Carolina. Our show is produced at PJDJ Studios in Lower Manhattan, New York City. together the original four guys and they're all so talented i mean bono's vocals are amazing but the edges guitar are, are just outstanding and adam clayton's bass and larry mellon jr on the drum oh my god i never appreciated what a great drummer he was until you know the more i listened to him he really is an amazing drummer really underrated band and the fact that they're still together after all these years says a lot when i was listening again and you know going back and kind of exploring this with you essentially for the show you know what I heard? You won't believe this. I heard the same guitar sonic sound as a flock of seagulls. Launching from punk to post-punk into new wave, there was a lot of techniques that bands borrowed from each other. You see that a lot. So what you're saying in terms of the guitar riff being borrowed makes perfect sense because that was done a lot, an awful lot. And a lot of the times it was who could get it to market first. Mm -hmm. uh, and you had people you know, trying to run to run to get a song out before the other group could get a song out with the same unique technique. So you take us from you two to dog eat dog, Adam and the ants. Oh, this song. This What's song. going on here? But but you, you you just had to do it, right? You couldn't pick goody two shoes because I know goody two shoes. No. And I was all like ready to go. Oh, Adam and Adam and you know, and then there you go. Throw me a curveball. I didn't know this song. Actually, it's pretty good, but it does have a little bit of in common, doesn't it? A little commonality yeah. with Goody Two Shoes. Yeah, see, uh, now a lot, a lot of people don't know Adam and the Ants was really hardcore punk when they first started, like in 78, 79, 80. And if you go back and there's a song you can you can listen to called Dirk Wears White Socks, which I think is really representative <laughs> of, say, it's a running joke about a, uh, a, tele a television show and a gentleman named Dirk and uh, English television. If you listen to that and you watch performances of Car Crash and other Adam and the Ants song, the original Adam and the Ants, it's pure punk. And the mm -hmm. look is punk and the attitude is punk. And it's really coming off in the Sex Pistols type punk. Doggy Dog and Adam and the Ants in 1980s is not the same group. This iteration of Adam and the Ants is it really popularized what you, can, what you, what you will call is the Burundi drums. And you will hear the drum line through all of Adam and the Ants' song, but this is really, this and along with Kings of the Wild Frontier, 
off the same album are the two songs that really have introduced the Burundi drum song and the drum line from the Burundi drums and that whole effect to punk. Mm-hmm. And that the Burundi drums were famous. There was a, it, it, it basically they took um, the actual drummers from Burundi uh, and they took some of the techniques and the drums and they adapted it to the post-punk culture. Mm-hmm. And this is when Marco Peroni comes into Adam and the Ants, who, who is a lot, wrote a lot, a lot of the songs along with Adam uh, later on and really was a major part of the group and launching it to stardom. Um, you'll hear a lot of other groups after Adam and the Ants use that same Burundi drum line. The original drummer from Adam and the Ants went and helped to form a group called, which you may know, Bow Wow Wow. The sound of Bow Wow Wow, oh, yeah. the drum line. Yeah, that of is course. originally, that's the original Adam and the Ants song. And uh, that group had its own, that group had its own hit and its own um, you know, own success in a different way. But that 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 is what I'm talking about. And that's why this song is on the list because it's so unique and it really introduces that whole dr- heavy drum line to the post-punk era. How fun is that? I didn't realize how successful they were as I was looking back. They really had a lot of big songs and did extremely well. And well, uh, I, I thought was, they were just smaller than they were, I guess. He so, was such a stage presence. I mean, you know, it was just, it was the look and the attitude and everything along with the sound. But the sound was super unique. I mean, mm-hmm. it's super unique. There is a live version that we're going to put on the blog of them performing in Manchester in 1980. Right. And that, again, captures why they became so successful because if you watch him work the crowd and you watch how they perform and the way that they deliver the song it it absolutely it absolutely is a time capsule of what it was like to be at a club or at a concert watching a post-punk group or a punk group in 1980. Hmm. I'm here with Rick Vessio He's brought a beautiful playlist to us full of punk and post-punk and fun. This one's Dog Eat Dog, Adam and the Ants. It's 1980. We'll, we'll listen to the studio version, but you can hear the the uh, live version when you go to the lesterthenightfly.com if I can speak. Let's listen to this one. You may not
Never Say Never, Romeo Void, 1981. It was like a little film. I watched the music video earlier today. I mean, I want to chalk this off to one line of dialogue or one line of singing that made the song and kind of made the band. I think I'd like you better if we slept together. That's yeah, the I might, line. I might, yeah, I might like you better I might if like we slept you. together. Yeah. And for me, you know, just for two seconds, it, it seemed like the there was this giant amount of empowerment minimizing this thing called sex that everyone was freaked out about yeah. putting it to the side saying yeah yeah maybe we should sleep together i think i might like you better i'll never say never there's a possibility here let's figure it out and it was this giant thing that was just blown apart by that line it was also i felt a little bit of female empowerment Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you go. Tell us what you think about this. Oh, yeah. Deborah Deborah Al's vocals of this and her whole stage presence. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. 100% what you just said about female empowerment. This this song, and I'm sure people will argue that the first couple guitar licks of the song is so cool. You would be at a club or at a party and you would hear those first couple guitar chords and you knew what was coming the energy is just infectious the beats infectious it's it's a, it's a signature song of the era it, you, when i played this for people who've never heard it before people who are in their 20s they're like that's really cool and especially if they watch the video i'm surprised that this song has not been sampled more it is crying mm. to be sampled mm. in yeah. today's music so all you aspiring young song makers out there you should sample this song you heard it here first so this is uh Romeo Void doing Never Say Never. Many will consider this song their one-hit wonder. I don't think that's true. I think they had some other songs that were excellent as well. But this song is an epic 80s song in every single way. And the lyrics combined with the sax and the bass line just puts it over the top.
All right, that was Romeo Void. That was fun. Very provocative. You know what I was thinking as you know, we're listening to the lyrics and that that famous line is how empowering was it for men and women to at a party in the Fidelt house to be shouting and singing those lines, right? You're you're now free, you're sexually liberated, you're in college, and you can say things like that now. And yeah. mom isn't gonna yell at you, kind of thing. Yeah. It's you know, it's funny because that sound and the song itself, I think it still sounds fresh in 2021. But I gotta be honest, we can stop now, everybody. We're we're gonna hear I think for me, one of the most fun songs that I've heard in, you know, ever, I think, from the Pretenders, you chose Message of Love, also from 1981. Oh, my, my, I, I, you sent me down a rabbit hole of Pretenders when you, you put this on your list. I hadn't thought of them in a while. I started going deep on their singles record, which is the one that is. Yeah, yeah. I was then watching them on. Uh, YouTube, of course, I saw the Austin City Limits performance from 2017. She's, what, 66 or something at the time, 65. She's wow. awesome. She looks great. She sounds great. They killed it. And this is, you know, three years ago, four years ago. Uh, they're, they're just one of those tour de force amazing bands. And you look at the collection of work, and it's one phenomenal track after the other. And I just started writing down names of songs and I will not list them out for everyone. I'll put some recommendations in the blog, but um, I mean, I kept adding exclamation points, you know, back on the chain gang, don't get me wrong, middle of the road. You know, I was just, oh, <laughs> it was just so great. All thanks to you bringing up Message of Love. Why did you bring it to us, Rick? What's what's happening here? Well, Chrissy Hines just owns this song. I mean, again, this is one of those songs you hear the first couple baseline notes and everybody knows the song it's that it's that much of a, a unique iconic song and the video for the song which again i'm going to recommend those who are listening to go and watch the video also is iconic the how much fun they're having playing this song in this in in the video that is really why this song got catapulted up in the charts and it got heavy rotation on mtv because remember mtv was in its infancy it had just been created all the song was released in 81 the video got heavy rotation on mtv later on it has a, a tremendous amount of energy a little bit of a ballad a poetic style almost, you know, you, you're, there's some lines in the song that are poetic as all hell. And then the delivery is very, you know, it's very sensual. There's a lot of sex oozing in this song. Uh, and, it, and I, you cannot listen to this song and not hear that. This is message of love from the pretenders. It's 1981. You're listening to Lester, the Nightfly. The reason we're here As man and woman Is to love each other Take care of each other When love walks in the room 
I was so struck by the fact that I imagined Chrissy Hind as like another worldly creature. She's from the great beyond. She's from the ether. She's descended upon us. And then I was reading about her from Akron. <laughs> she was a part-time secretary and a yellow pages manager, Firestone high school, like totally normal roots, a, a young person with huge dreams from a very regular background with just stars in her eyes yeah well watch the video for brass and pocket mm. and you'll get it because that really is her you know her kind of embracing her upbringing she plays a waitress in the video it's great uh, yeah oh, yeah it, i remember you this were, now. Yeah. yeah so, so sure. that really that goes back to what you're what you're what All you're right. talking about right now I love, love, love them. And yet I've completely forgotten until this moment how great they were, yeah. how great they are. And now it's all coming back. And I'm going to go, I truly, tonight, later, I'm going to go listen to that whole single <laughs> It's worth it. Honest that's to God, a yeah. great, that's a, you know, that's a great call. That's a great, 
album, that collection of their singles, wow, it's amazing. Yeah, and the last track, it's got Nobody Loves, the last track called My Baby. Go listen to My Baby. Let's go to, well, all right. I was really comfortable. I would, I would happily just play Pretenders for the rest of the night, but you're going to take us to. Well, I am so excited more. about this song. <laughs> well, but, but you know what you're doing though? And I, there's almost a theme and I, I, you've carefully constructed this list, but we're really heading away from that post. Well, that, that punk and that Pretenders, the melody, the sexiness. And now we're into Cold War. There's Khrushchev, there's Russia. There are a lot of you know, atomic bombs going off in videos. Just for a sake of historical thing, Thatcher didn't take over in England until 79. And then Reagan took over in 80. And the Soviet Union Empire was still in existence. And when we were in college, we were worried about mutually assured destruction, mad. It was a policy that the governments of, uh, of various nuclear powers had that it, they had to have enough nuclear weapons to be able to destroy the other power 10 times over so that that would ensure that nobody would ever start a nuclear war. And so MAD as a defense policy was taught. I took a course in it <laughs> mm. at, at campus. So Reagan was talking about the strategic defense initiative, Star Wars, if you remember that, and shooting down the missiles that were going to be coming in the air with these special satellites that had lasers on them. That was a reality. And the world was moving away from your traditional ideas of a democratic, capitalistic, you know, socialist understanding into a much more conservative political landscape with Thatcher on the rise, the Tories in England, which came after punk had already started in England. But the social climate in England and in America, there was a great malaise. There was a lot of, of loss of jobs, loss of economy, loss of the great society in terms of what you know, American England and many other Western democracies had been. And then you had you know, the Soviet Union you know, continuing to, uh, to be you know, a significant adversary because of the Cold War. That overlays everything. And so part of the reaction of punk in England and punk in America was to that angst and rage of lost opportunities and not having the same opportunities that parents and grandparents had and raging against that and feeling left behind. Does this sound familiar? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so there's an energy in the music that it can be very energetic and, and positive and 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 happy and it can also be filled with rage and angst and going back to talking about you too when you listen to you know the song we listened to earlier out of control there's a lot of angst in that song because of the conflicts in ireland now we're talking you know the next song we're going to talk about is um, world destruction by time zone and it features africa babata and john lyden now 
Time Zone reached out to Africa Babata, who was the godfather of hip hop, and John Lydon, who was a former Sex Pistol. At this time, I believe he was in Public Image Limited. And they wanted to do this song, which would have been a, a real a crossover song between punk and hip hop. Now, many people think that that occurred with Run DMC and Aerosmith on Walk This Way, but that song did not come over until 1986. Mm. World Destruction came out in 1984 and immediately was a hit in the underground circuit. And if you went to certain clubs and underground clubs and college clubs, World Destruction would be playing and the DJs would play the hell out of it. That's why this is such a unique song. And that's why I'm so excited to put it on the list. You know, I think that when you listen to this, you feel and you hear the crossover of the genres. And the song is a commentary from the punk community, the new wave community and the hip hop community about the social ills in each of those communities and how they felt them. And the main focus of this song is really about the world is out of control, nuclear proliferation and nuclear war is an overarching thing that is our main enemy. Social upheaval, you know, compromise dignity of people all across the United States and all across the world. You know, the idea that capitalism, you know, unapologetic capitalism, no matter what, was overtaking the society and People were again feeling left behind and disenfranchised and marginalized. This song is filled with rage. I think it's a brilliant song. I cannot listen to it and not think that it encapsulates an entire aspect of growing up in the 80s with the Cold War looming over us. This song is 1984, which is really shocking when you go back in time and you think about what, what was going on in 1984, facing the election, re-election of Reagan at the time. Um, those of you who watch Stranger Things know that, you know, Mondale and Ferraro were running against Reagan and Bush at the time. What was going on in, in Britain with the Tories and Thatcher and, and then also with the Soviet Union. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a song that has a lot of strength. And the video, again, I think is absolute must watch. This is not a well-known song. Yeah, a lot of people no. will not know this song. If they were in the clubs and they were in the underground mm. back in that time, they'll know it. But there will be a majority of you, your listeners will not know this song. But it is it is a classic and it deserves to be on this list. I love it. Uh, and I didn't know it at all. World Destruction, Time Zone featuring Africa Mbambata and John Lydon. It's 1984. Let's listen to it here on Lester the Nightfly.
my applause for the selection, Rick. Although I still so want to call you Rich. I know. <laughs> so, so, so do. But I'll play along. I'm playing along. Okay. Thank you. Does anybody call you Does anybody call you Rich, by the way? No, no. No? They're not allowed to. You get really mad, yeah. don't you? Yeah. I yeah, don't get mad. That's, that's I just, it. Like, I just, you know, it, it was, a, it was, that was, that was what I went by in college for, for my college years, but it was kind of a, very inauthentic, I think. So uh, I think I, I kind of re, re, I re, I re-owned my name. I always, but I, yeah, yeah, I was always always known as Rick, and then some somehow in like late high school, early college, it changed, and I kind of let it happen. And I realized <laughs> later on, I realized later on that hey, you know what, I, I, I don't want me. people, I don't no. want people telling me what they're going to call me. Yeah, so. I, I, this is by the way, same story. I was PJ, PJ, went to college. I'm like, man, I guess I, I guess I got to grow up. I'll be Paul. So for my first, oh, I, I never called you Paul. No, you didn't. But 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 there are people that would because for my first, you know, three or four months, I tried to be Paul. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Really, I really did. And I was like, yeah, you know. And then I w- went back to my real name and what I've known since I was three days old. I've been PJ. So, anyways, it's a similar sort of tale. Uh, I want to applaud you on something else. You didn't say nuclear. <laughs> Well, that's because I took the class on mutually destructive destruction. Uh, I knew how to pronounce it correctly. Yeah. Nobody knows how to pronounce it right now. Presidents, you name it. Nuclear. Ooh, I well, shoot I would, As you can tell, tell we're not going to get through the rest of Rick's playlist. So I'll cut in here and just let you know that we'll continue the conversation next week. This has been PJ, DJ, and Rick Vessio wishing you a great night. And we'll see you next time to talk more about mass destruction and angst and energy and 80s protest music here on Lester the Nightfly. This has been a PJ DJ production.